Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Slasher Supreme. I'm your host Christopher. Today we'll be finishing off the Alien franchise as well as taking a look at a movie that just came out yesterday. So yes, we'll be looking at Alien Reloaded. I mean, Resurrection, sorry. It was super generic. So, And the film Brightburn. What if Superman was evil? So, let's get into the reviews, shall we? Alien Resurrection from 1997, my birth year, if you guys are curious, yes, I am 22 years old. It was directed by Jean-Pierre Judet. I think that's how you pronounce that name, sorry if I mispronounced it. The film picks up 200 years after the events of Alien 3. The United Systems military brings Ripley back to life via cloning. Why, you may ask? Well, because in her blood from Fury 161, some alien DNA was mixed in. So, the United Space military wants the xenomorph as a bioweapon. Well, she's a byproduct of it, because the queen chestburster is inside of her. You can see where this is going, of course. The xenomorph breaks containment, and it's up to Ripley to once again fight the xenomorph threat. This time, though, she has superpowers because she is technically part xenomorph so she has acid blood enhanced strength and some sweet ass b-ball skills she is dunking on bitches in this film but anyways yes that is the plot for this film it's kind of stock standard a little bit and this is this is the worst film in the franchise I have to say I really don't know where to begin in describing how this film, just how awful it is. I will talk about, um, there's a pirate crew in this film. They bring corpses to this, or not corpses, but frozen bodies to the same facility that Ripley's at because that's how they're going to get the xenomorphs, you know, pretty much forcing it down these people's throats. The crew, um, I was told was supposed to kind of be like a resemblance to the Firefly, uh, Firefly crew, um, because Josh Sweden did write the script for this film, and you can kind of see some similarities, but the crew in this film kind of suck. Let's just get that out. I can't really remember any uh, certain crew member besides Ron Perlman's character, Winona Ryder's character, even though she's kind of whiny a lot, Yoshio doesn't do much, It doesn't. it seems like. And then this guy named Christy, who's like the dollar store version of Deadshot from the DC Comics. Which, he does one cool trick, and then he pisses me off later in the movie. But I'll get to that in a minute. The next person I want to talk about that really steals the show in this film, besides um, Ron Perlman. Which I, I love Ron Perlman as an actor, so every time he's on screen, I love seeing him on screen. And besides Sigourney Weaver as well, because she's amazing as Ripley in this film, is Brad Dourif. 
He is just phenomenal in this film. Really, any role Brad Dourif's in, he really just brings his A game. He is a fucking wackadoodle in this movie. Uh, the main scene I wanted to talk about is he is observing these alien, the xenomorphs because they're in their certain like cells, and he gets up to one because there's like the glass you know between them, and he like puts his lips on and he's like making kissy faces. He's pretty much like tonguing the shit out of this mirror like window. That's like because the xenomorph is like right there. He's like making all these kisses and like sexual faces at this thing. It's really weird. So I don't know what what was up with him and what kind of director, like you know, the, what the director told Brad Dourif to do in that situation is just hilarious. Later on, when there's a hive being built, Brad Dourif is part of the hive and he's saying creepy things like, "Oh, it's so beautiful. It's a beautiful baby." He's saying weird things like that. So yes, Brad Dourif in this film is wonderful. Every time he's on screen, I just laugh. Also, his ponytail just is <laughs> his whole getup is just hilarious. The, the next thing I want to talk about is the basketball skills that I mentioned earlier. I made a joke about yes, there is an entire, for some reason, couple scenes dedicated to Ripley just playing basketball. I don't know why it's like a main focus is when she first meets the pirate crew because the pirate crew is being you know, it's, they're there. So, of course, they happen to meet each other, but for some reason they meet in the rec room, and Ripley is playing basketball, and she beats the entire crew up with a basketball, and then does a sick-ass three-point shot from half-court, or a half-court shot behind her back. So, I will get into that, because there's a fun fact about that that I haven't for today's episode. So, before that, <laughs> so I'll save that for later. The next thing I want to talk about that really bugs me is the character Christy that I want to talk about, the discount dead shot. In that scene where they're in the rec room, something happens and they are attacked by the armed guards. Well, this man is able to blow two guards away without them even being able quick enough to react. He then is able to aim, shoot a gun, and it's able to bounce off of pipes and kill the guard behind him. So it really, you know, shows he is an awesome, you know, skill. He has a great, um, he can use a weapon really well. Later on, they are having to be in a kind of ambush with a bunch of facehuggers, and he's able to pop two grenades off by looking at a mirror and blow up this entire room full of facehuggers. So you can tell he's awesome with his weapons. Well, later on, <laughs> he's climbing up a ladder, and a xenomorph is behind him, and it is in his face, and he is not able to hit this thing. So it's really inconsistent on his skills, and it pisses me off, because it's like, it's right there, man. Just shoot the damn thing. Along with that, uh, I just... God, I fucking hate this movie. I'm kind of jumping back and forth in between what I do and don't like. The main thing I really want to talk about that I love is spoilers for those of you who haven't seen this film but really I shouldn't even put that up because you shouldn't see this film since Ripley is a clone we follow Ripley 8 which is she's the 8th clone of Ripley later on in the movie you know they're trying to escape the uh, ship that they're on they encounter a room full of pretty much rejected clones of Ripley and these are disgusting but also they have an amazing design to them just seeing all the failed experiments and all the different outcomes of the cloning process 
there is one where it's a woman's body and the xenomorph's head. There's one where it's like half xenomorph, half human. There's one with two human heads. It, some of these are just disgusting. And it's a really neat part of the scene is because Ripley 8, the one we follow, happens to see a still alive, I think, Ripley 7. And she's just this fucking puddle, almost, of fat and tissue and her face is like it looks like it's like split in half because there's like a xenomorph tentacle like arm somewhere in there it is disgusting but like i said this how it looks is it's simply amazing i can't really think of the best way to describe it but it is so shocking seeing that on screen and i that's like the only promising part of this whole film and i wish there was possibly more around that i would really like to see more of that the other thing that this movie really introduces is since the xenomorphs are half human as well and you know Ripley being half alien they tweak it a little bit to where the queen grows a womb and spawns this thing which is referred to as the newborn which is a xenomorph it's ginormous it's like the size of a praetorian if you guys are more knowledgeable of the expanded expanded alien universe it's like this seven foot tall, pale white xenomorph that has the face of a human almost. And I have to say, I kind of like the design, but in the same, like the same coin on the flip side, it's goofy as fuck looking. It has like this skull look on its face, which is awesome. But it's like, it has these giant, I think the nostalgia critic said it best, it has like these giant like puppy dog eyes kind of. So it goes from being like terrifying in some scenes to looking just sad and just afraid in others. And it really throws off the dynamic because you don't know if you should fear this thing or feel bad for it. So it goes back and forth. So I like it, but I also hate it. I think they would have designed it just a little bit better or tweaked something. I just don't know what. They would have tweaked it somehow. I think I would have liked it a lot better than what actually happened with the newborn. I cannot recommend this film. If you have not seen Alien Resurrection, don't. I know I kind of picked on Alien 3. I said you shouldn't see that film, but Resurrection, it is the bottom of the barrel. It is the one thing in this franchise you should not see, along with Prometheus and Covenant. Just pile all these three movies into that. And don't ever watch them. It just messes with the lore. Or, to me, it messes with the lore and just kind of ruins from, you know, the vision they had with Alien and Aliens. And I know I said don't watch Alien 3, but kind of soaking on that for about a week or so, I think it's worthy to be put in there. It is very depressing. I don't like how some of the things turn out, but I think it is a good film for what it's worth. Whereas watching this fucking thing... Oh, it put me in a bad mood. And in such a bad mood, I had to watch a good movie. So, let's hop over to Brightburn, shall we? And check that out. I'll meet you guys there. Brightburn from 2019 was directed by David Yervinsky. I think that's how you pronounce that name. Sorry if I mispronounced it. Anyways, the plot of the film is really... It's what if Superman was evil... What if Mom and Pa Kent, you know, found that space shuttle in Kansas 
But instead of having the protector of the world in its pod, it was actually the destroyer of the world. So this review, I'm going to try to keep spoiler-free as much as possible. If I do kind of dip into it, I will give like a a spoiler warning. I will have to say, though, right now, if you haven't yet to see Brightburn, go out and see it. I say, I kind of think this has one of those effects that certain movies do, where seeing it in a theater is a totally different experience from seeing it at home. Some of the scenes where he takes off and you just kind of feel it in your chest, I don't think you get that same effect from your, you know, watching it at home. So, I would recommend go seeing it in theaters. It's not an amazing film. I'm going to go ahead right now and say it's about a 6 or 7 out of 10. It's not amazing, but it is worth a viewing. So, since I got the plot of the way, the one thing I want to talk about is the deaths in this film. There are, I think, six or seven, if I count off the top of my head, if I can remember correctly. But let's just say two of them are downright disgusting and amazing at the same time. One I'm going to talk about, because technically it's not a spoiler, because it was in the trailers, and that is when you see a waitress, she's looking at a uh, fluorescent tube up in the lights, or up in the ceiling, and it busts, and you see a shard of glass go in her eyeball. And it is disgusting, because she's looking around, and you can hear it, you can see it move in her eyeball, and you can hear it kind of slicing through the muscle, and it's just so fucking gross. And then you see her pull it out, and you can see it get snagged on, like, the muscles in the eye. It's just, it's so gross. It kind of makes me squeamish right now. Of course, you know I watch a ton of horror movies, and I watch movies with body horror in them. But something about this fucking scene with the eyeball, man, it's just disgusting. It it still gets underneath my skin. The second one I want to talk about, I'm not going to talk about, but I will give a hint. It involves a vehicle and a steering wheel. And the same as this kill, it is just phenomenal with how it looks and just repulsing at the same time. It is gross as hell when seeing it, especially on a big screen. My complaint, I have two complaints with this film. One is that there's no character development, really. This film is kind of cut and dry. Our main character, Brendan, which, you know, becomes evil, for because it kind of has when the night they picked him up, and then it cuts to ten years later, and through that time from dialogue we hear is he was a great kid, he, you know, made straight A's in class, never really put up a fight or anything. He was a good kid. And then now it just kind of changes, but it's more of an, kind of an artificial change, really, because the pod that he came to Earth in kind of starts talking to him and driving him mad. So I would have liked to have seen something different where he kind of becomes evil on his own free will. Maybe... I mean, I know it's as generic as it is, but maybe, like, the bullies keep picking on him and then that causes him to snap. Or maybe he tries to save somebody and, through that course, ends up accidentally killing somebody. And maybe it pisses a couple people off and Brendan realizes, no matter what I do, people are going to hate me. So why not set the world on fire? You know, just something like that other other than the ships driving him insane, which isn't really that big of a spoiler because we all know he snaps and we all know he's an alien. So, yeah. And that's my kind of my main complaint with the film. The other one is he doesn't really ever let loose. He kind of keeps his killings to just one or two here and there throughout the film. I think 
once he kills more than, you know, one person in, like, an extended period of time. Like, it's one kill, and then we got, like, a couple scenes, and then another kill. So then he kind of spaces out the killings. He never, like, destroys a town or just starts flying through, ripping people in half. It's really kind of its own, like, separate thing when he actually starts murdering people. So that's another thing I kind of wish I would have seen this film is him just letting loose and going just fucking nuts with everything. But it might not have been, you know, scary in that way, which this film is actually a horror movie, which is what I want to talk about as well. Some of the horror aspects of this film really work. Some of them do not, in my opinion. Since technically, since he's a superhuman... And, you know, and he can track at the blink of an eye. There are some scenes where they really play that up. And this is not a spoiler, but the maid, or not the maid, but the waitress, when she has her back turned and she turns around and all the windows are have, like, this symbol written on them. It's kind of neat because you know he can do that because he can move that fast. So it's kind of cool with that. Another is he kind of stalks quite a bit. So there are a bunch of stalking scenes. And it's just disturbing to a point knowing every time they turn away he's gone in the blink of an eye like there's no him slowly moving he is like zipping around this place looking like he's everywhere at once and it's really it plays on you a little bit one scene in particular it plays on the whole you know most of the scene up like a character looking down a hallway and the lights on and they see something well when the light flicks off and then flicks back on the thing that they just seen maybe either moved up closer and there's a different angle or something like that. They play on that, but they also play on it with him because he's able to fly. So <laughs> there, there was a neat scene with that, but I don't want to touch on it because it does lead into a kill that I don't want to ruin for you guys. So some of the horror aspects work, some don't. The one thing which I was kind of confused about, but my friend Luke saw this film with me. Shout out to Luke. Uh, I don't understand why Brendan, the kid, stalks his prey and kind of messes with them. I mean, he knows by this point he's unstoppable. And I mean, the, the people at one point also know he's unstoppable. And actually, me and him talked about it. And I'm like, you shouldn't even run in that situation because you know you're going to lose no matter what. You can't get away from this kid. But he made, it, he made a good point in that Brendan's probably kind of a psychopath at this point. He's just having fun with it. You know, just being able to sort of torture these people. Just playing on their mind, maybe thinking they can get out of the situation, but, you know, he knows they can't because he's in control of it the entire time. You can't really stop a kid when he's bulletproof, you know, damage-proof pretty much. Nothing can hurt him. They even say at one point he's never bled. He's never had a broken bone. He's never known pain. What can we do to even stop him? So, you know, they really play on that aspect a lot. And they do play on some superhero tropes, which I don't want to get into because there's a really funny scene with Michael Rooker at the end, and it's hilarious, but i just just going to leave that in there for you guys. I don't want to spoil too much on that one. Just, it is hilarious. But with that being said, I like I said, go see Brightburn. Just go out and see it right now, if you can, if you're able to. If not, you can you can rent it. But like I said, it's going to probably impact how you 
you know, take in the movie. I, I think this movie should be seen on a big screen with huge surround systems because it makes, you know, just a huge sound system because it makes certain aspects of the film really pop or is seeing it on your TV at home kind of diminishes that effect it has. So that is my review for Brightburn. Go check it out. Let's go out to the intro and end this episode. I will meet you guys there. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Slasher Supreme. Please like, share, favorite, subscribe, thumbs up, or whatever you have to do to let me know you're out there listening. And if there's a certain video game or movie you would like me to review, please leave me a voice message here on Anchor, a message on the Facebook page, or a message on the Instagram page. And if you do not follow me, please look up Slasher Supreme Podcast on Instagram to keep up with what we are doing. Next week, we will be going over Godzilla 2014 and King of the Monsters because I'm extremely excited for those films. As you know, I'm a huge Godzilla fan. So yes, next week's going to be a whole Godzilla-themed episode. I cannot wait. And then after that, it's going to be Army of Darkness. Yes, it'll be at episode 20. So, you know, I already made that plan of doing another Evil Dead movie. So, yes, Army of Darkness will be that following weekend. Along with another episode, we will possibly be doing The Witch, finally, and Aliens and the Alien 3 redo. So, we actually have quite a a ton of episodes coming out in the next couple weeks, and I am super excited for every single one of them, especially next week's, because it's time to hail to the king. Both kings. (laughs) Anyways, before I go, the fun facts for the day. The first fun fact is that the basketball shot Ripley makes in the film Alien whatever, oh yeah, Resurrection, is really her. She actually did that. Yes, the behind, uh, she's facing away and she just lobs that shit over, you know, behind her shoulder doing a three-point shot. Yeah, she actually landed that. That's how awesome she is. Sconey Weaver. She should try for the NBA. And the other one is that the actual, the original script for Alien Resurrection was going to have Newt be cloned instead of Ripley. But since Sigourney Weaver ended up, uh, you know, being approached and then accepting the role in the film, they actually had to rewrite most of the film. But yes, it was actually going to be new instead of, I think it's, uh, I always mess up on her name. But yeah, it was actually going to be her instead of Ripley. So that's, you know, some interesting fun facts. I wonder how different Alien Resurrection would have been if it was Newt. Because she actually, I don't think she had, anyways, it, I'm, so stuck on that fucking movie. God, I hate Resurrection. Anyways, I will see you guys next week on the next episode of Slasher Supreme Podcast. I'll see you guys then.